Hi, you've clicked Make It Known with Mal. I'm your host, Mal. I'm a 20-something-year-old girl who is working on walking in her purpose. The Make It Known with Mal podcast purpose is for myself and all of my listeners to learn and grow. This season is all about lessons I'm learning in my 20s. I'm going to be talking about things such as money management to the new uptake of this new age worldview, all the way to how do we develop our own political ideology. I'm having real and honest conversations with a variety of people. I believe everyone has a unique message, so just keep listening here as I make it known. Hi everyone, welcome back to Make It Known with Mal. I'm your host, Mal. And today is another great episode, another episode in the new series, Roaring Twenties, The Lesson lessons in my 20s and today's lesson is about relationships we're talking about friendships and like boyfriend girlfriend lovey-dovey relationships so today I have my really good friend Phoebe and she's going to talk to us about it and she actually um was a communication management that was her uh major in college and mm-hmm. she specialized with nonverbal and emotional communication, which is mm-hmm. basically all boyfriend, girlfriend, specifically relationships are nonverbal mm-hmm. and emotional. So she, this is her jam. This is her topic. She knows all about this. So I'm really excited to talk to her. I have a lot of questions. I sent her the questions that you guys asked on Instagram as well. So stay tuned for those. I'm asking all of those questions. She has a lot to say. I have a little bit to say too about some of those questions. Um, And then I just have a bunch of other questions to just talk about the topic and everything. So anyway, without further ado, here is my friend Phoebe. Phoebe, tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, everybody. Um, Hi, Mallory. Thank you so much. I'm so excited, if you can tell by my voice, (laughs) to be here or to listen in on the show. Um, But who I am, um, I'm 25 years old. Um, I am someone who went to LaSalle University. At one point, I identified as a student athlete. Um, And now I'm pretty much a daughter in Christ and an aspiring author. I can't wait to author my first book pretty soon here. Um, if you've ever looked at me on Instagram, I have the title of somebody, um, as kind of like my caption over my entire profile. And it just kind of reminds me that I'm really not that big of a deal. Even if on Instagram, I feel famous or I get to know more people. I'm just somebody, you know? Oh, I love that. And also when your book comes out, you're more than welcome to promote it on the podcast. Oh, so much. So I'm so excited for it. I write all the time. So I'm excited. That's good. That's good. Okay. So we're just going to get right into it because we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of questions. Honestly, this might be a two part Mm -hmm. um, episode. So yeah, so let's just get into it. First question. So we're going to talk about friendships and then we're going to talk about relationships. Mm -hmm. There's a significant, significantly less questions about friendships, but I did want to talk about it because friendships are very, very important. So we're going to talk about friendships first. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, I think one of the biggest questions I know I struggled with um, is how do you make friends after college? Because when you're in college, well, when you're in high school, middle school, elementary, all that stuff, your friends are forced upon you. You go to mm-hmm. school with them or you are on swim team with them or you're playing soccer or basketball with them. And then when you're in college, you just become friends with your roommate or whoever's on your floor or whoever's in your classes. But mm-hmm. when you're in the real world, it's not the same. And it, it seems like already everybody already has their own friends. Right? Anyway, 
yeah. how do you make friends after college? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point that friendships in college really were built off of proximity. So mm -hmm. like you said, the person that's in your class um, that you're studying with, the person that is in your dorm room, I mean, that quickly becomes your friend or even the person that buys the whole group alcohol. Like, mm -hmm. that's my friend, you know, the someone that really does something for you. But I think that after college for me, that was really hard as a woman. I think I immediately met my ex-boyfriend. Um, so he felt like my friend, but finding a good friend group was difficult. The friends that I ended up making that are now my friends three years later are the ones that created a Bible study for me. Um, those were people that I noticed actually cared about, um, you know, my parents going through a divorce that cared about these crazy jobs that I got right out of college. That was probably the best way that I found friends. And I guess making them was really just being honest. I think Christianity calls you to honesty. So you don't have to always have a party in order for them to like you. You don't always have to have uh, the best clothes or be working out in order for them to invite you to things or, or just be, or just look hot all the time. Bible study was really a place where we could be transparent. So that's one way that I did it. That's good. I like that. I think the biggest takeaway from that is finding people who have the same worldview as you, because, yeah. um, when you're in college, everybody, like you said, it's proximity. Mm -hmm. Um, so you might not be around people who have the same worldview as you, but once you get out into the real world, different things become important. And I think your worldview is very important now, not to say that like, you know, you can't be friends with people who aren't Christians after college. Oh That's yeah, for sure. To say, <laughs> but so like, <laughs> right. But like, you know, um, a good place is to go to like a Bible study. Um, mm -hmm. probably a good place would be, well, you know, obviously we can't do it like right now. Well, I don't know. By the time we air this episode, you might be able to, but go to a gym. Mm -hmm. you know um the idea is like to find like-mindedness like now instead of proximity oh wow and i just thought of this having this conversation that's the pro mm -hmm. uh, the purpose of this podcast to come to new revelations um but <laughs> it's not about proximity anymore it's about um mindset yeah. like before it was all about proximity yeah so and so is my friend we just happen to live next door to each other and we don't like our sweet mate now it's yeah. more about I am I have this goal and you know what this person doesn't have the same goals so like we can't really get along that well no I I totally agree with that and I think that I think college we're trying to figure that out because our yeah. main goal is let me get my degree let me get a job like that's what mm -hmm. we think is so important and that's what everyone's building towards so there's a bit of camaraderie and you want to make friends because everyone's kind of going through the tests everyone's living in the same suite as you or the same dorm but now, you know, our lives are so versatile. It's, there's so many things that can, you can say, okay, I'm going to be your friend because you're just like me and I've been looking for something just like me. Or there's so many options that won't be your friend because we're not moving on the same path here. Um, we're no longer in that dorm where we can say, well, you know, we both did laundry together and I always see you on Thursdays. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. I like that point. And um, just out of curiosity, are you still friends, like really good friends with your friends from college? Yeah. So I, I, oh, I, mean, I don't good. know if I said this, but well, I, I did say it. Uh, I was a student athlete in college. And so teammates are your sisters. Teammates are people that okay. may not share your worldview. Um, they, may, they may think that you're, you know, the little runder, scrawny girl that you were in college. I didn't play much. 
<laughs> in college. So, you know, I kind of got a little bit of the butt of the jokes, but um, I kind of, I had sisters. I had people that lovingly picked on me, that lovingly picked oh, me up. Sweet. So they, we stuck together. Um, and they even came down and visited me not too long ago. So I would say, yeah, but oh, other people, it was nice. hard to make those long lasting friendships out of college. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. So I was a NARP. That's what they called us. Yeah. Not athletic regular people. Athletic, okay. Regular they did person. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was I was a NARP. Um, mm-hmm. I tried the sorority thing for a year. Did not like it. But that's a whole another another conversation. <laughs> um. So I think it's a little different for us because we. Well, I I know this also too. At our school, the athletes only hung out with the athletes. Like yeah. <laughs> my freshman year. Um my friend and I had a friend that wasn't, that's how we found out we were called NARPs. She was an athlete and it was weird (laughs) that she was friends with us. Like she would bring us places and it was Mm -hmm. just like, why are you friends with them? So the dynamic is a little different, I guess. And I'm, and just to say that, like I am friends with maybe like three, maybe four ish people. I'm acquaintances with a lot of people, but like consistent friends Mm -hmm. of like three maybe four-ish people from college it's a little bit different um than high school um because I think at least for me I feel like I had more um I grew more in college in my four years of college than I did um my honestly my 18 years of life so I think it's a little bit different the dynamics of different like my friendships because I'm still friends with people from high school. We're still friends from high school, but we only met each other like that last year though. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a little different, but um, it be, and um, but the dynamics, the friendships, the highs and the lows, the, even the conversations we have, the parts of me that they've seen are just different from high school and college. And that's just because of the different, uh, let me figure out how to say this. That's because of the different things, those places pull out of you no no that was that was the perfect way to say it um I mean I I totally agree it's amazing that you created friendships when you were like five or six and those friendships still remain after college because it's like you didn't even know your interest then yeah your goals etc yet somehow these great people have been laced into your life and it's like we still want the same things we didn't even know you know what our goals were back then when we were playing in the sand so it's interesting, but the friends that do stick around, I think that goals are definitely goals and, and general mindset and worldview are glue that will keep you together um, yep. after college for yeah. sure. That was good. Okay. So next question, cool. how to be a good friend. Normally people say, how do I know if my friend is good? But I think we should say, how do we be a good friend to other people? Because I think mm-hmm. if you're a good friend, you can attract good friends not in the yeah. whole manifesty way but like you know what I mean <laughs> I'll have an episode about that too if it hasn't come out yet we will be talking about the whole new age thing <laughs> I even think if you're a good friend you attract bad friends because you've got love you're sharing love you're selfless etc and even the bad friend is like oh I need that like I got to get something out of that a good like, point. you know yeah that's a good point I'm thinking um, about some people I met in college, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> dude, seriously, I uh, when I think about the word friend, so what I something that I always say is the two most abused words, at least in my language, um, speaking for 25 years now, I would say is the word love and the word friend. 
Mm. And I just think that friend is, I mean, love, we understand how finicky that can be, but mm -hmm. with the word friend, just, you know, calling people who really, you know, don't have your true interest at, interest at heart, um, who really don't understand how to love themselves and therefore can't love you well, who don't know how to encourage, um, who put themselves first. I mean, being a friend is, is a full job. It's not mm -hmm. just, I like you, or you make me happy, or, you know, we get to go to the club together or you approve everything that I do, um, good or bad. I don't think that's a friend. Um, I actually wanted to bring up uh, this great sermon by Pastor Marcus Meckham, I think his name is. I found it on YouTube randomly. Okay. Um, it's called The High Call of Friendship. And um, this, I don't know, I just randomly found this, but it has four points and they're very, very quick. To be a good friend, you must one, lift up which means encourage or bring people up to Jesus. That's one of your first primary things to do. The second, let out, let out your friends, which means let them out, or let, set them free from addiction, help them to be able to express themselves, to vent. That's one way to be a good friend. The third is to let in, be inclusive. Don't exclude people, make time for them. Let them know that you care about them, that you are intentional. And the fourth is, um, to let, or excuse me, to tell you no, or to let you know right from wrong. So someone who really holds you accountable. When you're about to go over to that person's house that has just been nothing but toxic in your life, um, you need someone to let you know, hey, this may not be the best decision, you know, yeah. not to be a parent, but those are four things that were just like, have really helped me to grow in my friendships and how to be a good friend on my end and not just expect my friends to treat me well. And I think, to be honest, if we're going by that criteria, I mean, let's think about who we're really friends, who, yeah, who we're really friends with. Right. Because um, that, I feel like, for me personally, lift up, easy. I love encouraging people. Mm -hmm. Let out, sure. Do whatever you want, for the most part, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Let in, yeah. Be vulnerable with me, or whatever. You know, I think I switched them, but y'all know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the last one lets you know right from wrong. It's not that, you know, you don't want to do that or it's not that people don't want to do it with you. I think sometimes we're so concerned about emotions because we're just more emotional people. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't even just mean girls. I mean, guys, too. I think guys sometimes hold back because mm -hmm. they don't want to hurt you. Um, yeah. And I think that part is hard. And then, you know, I have really good friends and I'm you know, not just calling them out, but I'm thinking like, hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they would tell me what was right, what was wrong. And then I'm thinking of a friend, two friends actually now who call me out all the time. One of my friends, we probably get in arguments, you know who you are, I love you all the time. Cause you know, constantly discussing things and like holding each other accountable at the end of the day. It's difficult for women. I think especially because you don't want to be anybody's mom. Yes. You don't want to turn into a B word. Mm -hmm. You don't want to turn into somebody who, um, you know, has to make choices for your friend and your friend isn't going to feel like you trust their independence. Right. If you're telling them what to do at all times. So the let out, I think, or not let out, I apologize. Like the, the level us out is what the step is. Leveling yeah. us out, having those people or people that say, Hey, this is my advice. This is where it's coming from but you make your decision and I am here for you when you fall. And that's yeah. difficult when you yeah. know your friend, it's like, girl, got yo, don't, please don't do this. Don't have right. the best decision for you. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, 
Oh, dang, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, level out. It happens. It happens. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. The other thing is you, a lot of times you know that that person is going to do whatever they want to do either way. Whatever they want. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, Freedom. it matters. You got to say something. Yeah. But I, like, and I've done that in friendships. I've been like, you know what? I know you're going to do whatever you want to do, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be mad at myself if I don't say something. Yeah. So this is my opinion of X, Y, and Z. You go do what you are going to do. That's between you and God. I'm here if it fails. I'm here if it succeeds. Yeah. Um, because. I mean, and that's the other thing too. And the other thing, um, that, and that's, they're an adult, like at mm-hmm. this point, you know, we're all in our twenties at this point, this is the series twenties and up. Um, but if you're under 20, this is still important too, but you're not an adult if you're under 20 anyway. Um, so <laughs> in America, yeah, yeah in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that's like a really, those are good practical points, mm-hmm. um, to think about. And are you doing, are you being that for somebody? Not just as someone being that for you, but are you being that for somebody? I definitely am. I think I'm learning really. Oh, that wasn't like for you specifically, but sure, go ahead and answer. I was just saying (laughs) for everyone to say in their heart, but you got it, girl. Look, let me just piggyback off of a point that you said. (laughs) I think what sometimes when we have that conversation of, oh, well, you go do, you know, I just want to let you know my opinion on this, but I know you're going to do what you want. Sometimes when a friend makes their decision that we truly don't believe with, and they come back to our lives afterwards and it either hurts them or they're frustrated and we have to hear the venting about it. And we told them it wasn't the best because we cared about them. I think one thing that I'm learning to do now um, with well-developed friendships is say, I'm not going to hold it against you. Like, mm-hmm. even if you did what, you know, I'm not going to treat you any differently when you vent about that awful thing yeah. that you had to experience because you did something that I personally didn't think you should do we're still having the same conversation. I still love you. I'm not treating you any differently. I'm not pointing out your flaws or your wrong choices. That's difficult for certain personalities. That's hard. Some people yeah. are more laid back and it's like, Hey, you know, it happens. And some people are like, why, why? Yeah. So it's yeah. Just- I've been in friendships where, um, it was kind of sort of a group. It was like three of us and literally the person went and kept doing something that we the two of us did not like, mm-hmm. and then um, I was, I'm just the type of person, like, I'm gonna tell you, all my friends, I'm gonna tell you how I feel, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna love you afterwards, but I'm gonna tell you how I feel, yeah. but the, my other friend was like, it's just, I'm having a hard time telling you that this is wrong, mm-hmm. watching you cry, watching you be upset, and then, you know, it could be stopped, so, yeah. like, she just couldn't do it, like, she, in that friendship, that, kind of it ended and it was this big thing but like some people you're right that's really hard for some personalities my personality is just more of like I understand you're gonna do whatever you want to do I'm gonna be here for you but like and I understand though because it was hard for me watching her do all these things she knew she should not be doing and mm-hmm. then having her come right back and cry about it to yeah. us um and this was in undergrad so I'm not imagine really how God feels honestly oh. <laughs> wow like, yeah. the, the number of times <laughs> And he's just like, wow, <laughs> you really didn't have to go through those tears on a Friday night, but you did. Wow. Mm. Guilty. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> but that's why we got to have love, deep, deep love for our friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, God forgives us when we do these things. So why over can't we forgive our friends? Over and over. Yeah. Why can't we forgive our friends? Mm-hmm. All right. So next question. 
How do you keep friendships and balance life? Ooh, spicy. So, oh, I, <laughs> I really, I love this question. I find it spicy because okay. um, I think that balance to me is something that I've had to throw out. I've really gotten obsessed mm. with finding rhythm. So I'm starting to un understand the concept that there really isn't balance, but there is a rhythm, a rhythm so that people who are supposed to be in your life will fall into the flow of where God is taking you and how life is changing you. Balancing friendships kind of sounds a bit like a job, like, oh, I got to do this. It's kind of like um, whack-a-mole. Oh, you know, this person popped up. I got to go smack them. I got to go take care of them. This person's popped up. I got to go take care of them. And it's, it's tiring. You're just moving around rather than this is how my life is going. This is where my job is taking me. These are, these are how my relationships are moving. Um, this is where, this is how I'm emotionally moving right now. Yeah. And as people kind of have their notes in my life, it plays at a certain time at the right time. It works best with my life song. So just understanding oh, that, that. Isn't, it's, it's, I think it's, it's melodic. It makes life a little bit easier rather than I've got a to-do list. Oh, I haven't talked to such and such in so long. I better FaceTime them or like, how you feel about your grandma? I haven't called my grandma in six weeks. I, right, I better, yeah. Nobody wants to feel like that about friendship. So yeah. rhythm, less balance, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's good. Cause you, yeah, no, that's good. Cause I do feel like guilty sometimes. Some friends I haven't talked to and it's not that I don't like them or I At just all. hadn't gotten to it. Yeah. I just, yeah, that was good. <laughs> That was a really good, smooth answer. <laughs> I hope it helps somebody because I know it's hard. If you it helps me. Yeah. And that makes me feel a little bit better because um, you know that post I was going around, if your friend hasn't texted you during the coronavirus, then oh, they don't care about you. At first I was like, absolutely. That is so right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and so don't care about me. And then I realized I kind of had stopped texting people. I was like, oh, God, am I good? And then I was like, wait, no, I'm... <laughs> there's a lot going on right now like no. it's just the way life goes so like I've changed my thought process on that whole little thing now but like yeah um so yeah that was that was good thanks yeah I mean quarantine is such has such a rhythm to it and it's not even like yeah. a rhythm that we set it's kind of like when things are opening up when we can continue to go back to our job that rhythm is not something that we can really interrupt so we just got to go right right yeah um okay so next question how do we get over broken friendships? Because I know for me, sometimes it seems like when a friendship ends, it can almost be worse than like a lovey relationship. Yeah. How do you get over that? Um, that's tough stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I'm actually experiencing um, a friendship right now that's broken up. Um, and oh, I think sorry. the first thing you have to do is be real about what what you feel for that friend. Don't just mark someone, you know, cut someone out of your heart if you truly want that friendship to still work. Um, the friendship that's kind of breaking down on me right now, I, I really love her. I want her to remain in my life, um, but she also has the option to walk away if she doesn't feel like... Y'all, one second. What, James? Hi, James. Uh, it might, it's gonna be a minute. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're probably not gonna do a movie tonight. I'm sorry, y'all. Love you. Okay, sorry about that, everybody. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, little brothers love it so mm -hmm. much. Um, uh, I don't even know what I was saying, talking about, oh, but friendships breaking up. Okay, I think it's really important just to be honest about how you feel about it. If they want the friendship to break up, don't feel like you need to jump on that boat too of, 
I don't need you in my life anyway, either. You yeah. Know? Be honest about, Hey, I, I really love you. And can we at least have a conversation about what you're leaving or what's making you uncomfortable? Or is there anything that I can change? Um, just because someone isn't reciprocating love for you doesn't mean that you need to throw that love away for them. Um, and there's so much to learn when a friendship, when a friendship breaks up, you really may be really, really bossy. You really may be someone who's too critical. I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> you, <laughs> Honestly, everything you were saying, I'm like, whoo, I've been called bossy. I've been called critical. Okay, this keep going. This is me. These are reasons why people are like, Phoebe, we got to have a talk. But so- you're saying they're you, but it could be anybody, though. Like, yeah, the yeah, reality is sure, it, sure. it could be anybody. That people, you're not the only one who's been told that. But anyway, yeah, keep going. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these, these are, I, I think that people can identify with these things. Um, yeah. But for sure. Uh, but after having that conversation, the person is open enough to tell you and get vulnerable and say, this is where I was hurt. This is where I felt wrong. This is where I'm no longer putting energy. And I think it's best that I walk away from this because I'm not trying to change you. And I really want my happiness to be found um, with another person. And I mean, this, it sounds as hard as a breakup, you know, a romantic breakup, but because it is. Yeah, it, it can. It can it can really, really put a damper on your heart. Um, I'll definitely say. Especially when you were say. close. When you were close mm-hmm. friends. Say that again, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just saying, especially when you're close friends. Like, they know secrets about you. You've mm-hmm. had a lot of emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I would just say, in order to get over it, make sure that you can get as much out of them as you can um, when it comes to, hey, how did I wrong you? What are things I can work on, whether or not you're in my life or not? Um, and can I apologize to you? Um, and also you have to work on forgiveness. Don't hold mm. resentment in your heart for people that walk out of your life. One, because God is outstanding and he can, he may be working something in their lives where they need to kind of go to a different place in life where you don't need to go with them. Or they might just be going something through something emotional where you just, you don't, you're the type of friend that just intervenes too much. And they've really got to take this walk on their own. So just know it's really not all about you. People are way more dynamic than your relationship with them. Um, Ask them what they can and ask or ask what they can give you uh, to move forward and to learn about yourself and who you really are. And just, you know, don't hold resentment and apologize if you have the opportunity to. But it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's so tough. Yeah, it really is. That was those were some very good practical tips though. And I like how they were all like what you can do instead of like, and then slash our tires and then, you know, call her boyfriend and X, Y, and Z. I like that. All the stuff that you can do. That was good. No, I mean, some people, when they walk out of your life, it's sometimes it's for no reason. Sometimes it's not because it's literally, they found another person to boost their ego or you know they really didn't like you like that in the first place and they're great actors and you Mm. fell for it I mean but you really you want somebody who wants you in their space you don't want anybody that feels like you're replaceable that's not a good friend either so oh that's good gotta learn to let those go um broken friendships are difficult but you can do it for sure all right um next question oh this is a good one um why does it seem like it's easier to be friends with girls i'm so sorry with guys yeah <laughs> you see how we both laugh yeah. guys <laughs> over girls and i'm saying this and i this is the question yeah, break I'm asking. Down tell me what's up because i, I want to hear your opinion on it first okay sure. so this is the question i'm asking 
because I am very much girl power, not, you know, feminist. And I'm, I'm okay mm-hmm. with saying that. I wouldn't consider myself a third wave feminist, mm-hmm. but I'm very much girl power. Like we girls are amazing. Mm-hmm. I want lots of female friendships. Mm-hmm. I, I would love a girl gang, mm-hmm. but for me, it does seem as if I end up getting along better with guys as opposed to girls. And I'm not one of those girls who's like, yeah, I just like guys better than girls. No, no, no. I like, I want to be around girls. Like mm-hmm. I'm the girliest girl you'll ever meet. Except, yeah. you know, I'm into like anime and superheroes, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But other than that, like I'm the girliest girl you'll ever meet. So like, I want to be around other girly girls. Yeah. But it just seems like whenever it comes to friendships, I always end up hanging out with the guys like mm-hmm. and it came blatantly obvious when this past like Christmas my friends and I we were so back in Virginia when I was uh, living back there like I had some friends and like we would um I would cook everybody dinner and um we would sit and watch tv at our friend he got a new apartment and it was like really cool and we were sitting and eating and I was like looking around I was like I am the only girl here I'm okay. Like, I, I love my friends, but I was like, I'm the yeah. only girl here. We need to get female friends. And then, um, you know, one of our friends got a girlfriend, love her. Great. And then we kind of sort of had another female friend. Um, she didn't really hang out with us. It was just like, I just realized, I'm like, I want to have like a girl gang. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, why does it seem like it's easier to be friends with guys instead of girls? Mm-hmm. And I did the whole, you know, I tried the whole sorority thing and I literally liked two people by the end of it I only liked really two people because everybody else just started to act kind of weird and like fakish to me yeah and, you know granted could have been that whole lifestyle no shade mm-hmm. to those who are into that that's fine like if that's do you I'm just saying mm-hmm. from my experience for sure um and if you think I'm talking about you then you know anyway um but <laughs> but um anyway my whole point is like like why is it why does it feel this way yeah. Um, sorry. No, no. I think it's an experience that a lot of girls go through. I'll say this. I have multiple friends that obtain more boyfriends or hold conversations with more, with more men than women every time. Um, and I think that honestly, I think the ease of that comes from attraction. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. There, okay. So there isn't a crazy amount of research on this. Um, but I'm a huge believer that you can have a purely platonic relationship with the opposite sex. If you're both heterosexual or you can't, you can't have a purely platonic relationship wait, 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 with the opposite sex. For those if who you, are listening, I am like making a bunch of faces right now. <laughs> if you are both heterosexual. Um, Even if the guy doesn't find the woman attractive, um, it doesn't speak for the woman not at least having imagined or thought about dating him or even possibly having sex with him. Um, Just just a thought, just a thought. Um, Same goes for heterosexual men and their relationships with heterosexual women. I've heard guys say, she's my friend. Um, uh, I would never do X, Y, and Z, but she has nice boobs. I have heard that stated. I'm serious. <laughs> I just, there. That's a that's a chunk there. I mean, I've heard that before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the pastor Heather Lindsay? She did a whole video about it, I mm-hmm. think, or something like that, about mm-hmm. how she won't let her husband have female friends. What's the point of guys having friends with girls? And I just don't like. I have none of my male friends have I ever felt anything like 
I just never felt that way. And I know they've never felt that way about me. Like, that's just so bizarre to me. I do know. I'm not even saying a feeling. I'm saying a thought. The fact that it crosses your mind. You don't, when you, if you're heterosexual and you see a woman, you don't, you definitely don't think it's like, oh, but when you see something of the other sex and you're attracted to the opposite sex, I'm saying just the thought. And, And you don't, you don't know where those thoughts go. You might wear a certain outfit one night and it's like, oh, I, I see some boobs. I, I, I'm sorry. I've just heard these things. And it's like, oh, we're friends. But you said a comment like that. Oh, we're friends. But he can sit, she can sit on your lap, but not Jerry. Why can't Jerry? <laughs> and it's like, but we're all friends. Like, you don't see a difference, right? It's, it's kind of like the sexes. It's like, I don't see when you're friends with multiple, with different sexes. You're like, I don't see sex. I don't see gender. And it's like, wait, we see, we see something here. Like, there's, yeah. I don't know. Wait, wait. Okay, wait. Can okay. I? Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, go, go ahead. On. You go. No, you no, go you on. go. <laughs> okay. I believe that this question um, was coming from a perspective of a woman. I think you said you asked this, right? Yes, um, so again, that. I would say that because we can use attraction as a tool to keep the relationship, or because we can use attraction as a tool to keep the relationship alive, it's kind of like a subtle boost um, for your ego uh, interacting mm-hmm. with a guy. A subtle one. We appreciate the boost and keep the relationship alive to feed it. Sometimes the girl won't have a single thing in common or to bond over with the guy, yet they remain friends. I believe it's probably more of the guys will, it's more of the guys that will seem more inviting because there's not much of an odd reason to talk to a generally attractive woman, even if they aren't directly attracted to you. Any, any, that's interesting. Um, okay, so I said never, and I am thinking of one friend that, you know, um, I didn't necessarily find him like super attractive, yeah. but his personality like started to really be like, okay, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I can get used to this guy, lot. but that's just one. And I have tons of guy friends mm-hmm. and that was just one. Okay. So, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't. One well, side never speaks for it. everyone. Like I have a, I have a great girlfriend and she is very fond of like, Phoebe, I don't think of my guy friends like that. And I'm just thinking this girl's a gorgeous girl. And if I have a guy, if I have guys sitting at a booth and it's just her and they all go out to a bar, I can't speak for their thoughts. This is an attractive woman. I can't, I'm not saying that they would do, I'm not saying they would do anything. I'm not right, saying right. for these sexually uh, charged. charged yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think so. And so my last point to that is for a woman to be friends with another heterosexual woman, the attractive card sometimes backfires, which is something that you referred to, um, with thoughts along the line of she's prettier than me, or she's probably super arrogant. Um, for women to be friends, being pretty um, may be the thing that gets you to invite her to, to a party, but it doesn't truly grow a relationship. Um, you have to connect with the woman, not just enjoy how she looks. So just like we talked about earlier with those goals and really just finding somebody like-minded, that really has to be, you know, if you're going to be a part, if you're going to be my sister, friend, girls want to call each other sisters as friends so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. There's got to be that uniting factor. It just can't be, oh, you know, why, why not? Why wouldn't I talk to you? You're a gorgeous girl. I think that's how guys think. God, I, I don't, there's not much I have super in common with my guy friends um, besides maybe school, but <laughs> or maybe they just add something different to the table. But I mean, women, we really try to find that common ground. And yeah. I think that's hard because women are very versatile in general. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? 
no, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I have, so I have really good female friends. Awesome. I just have never had like that, like, you know, the five or six girls that you guys are all doing everything together and blah, blah, blah. And I've seen that. Yeah. A girl gang. And I've seen that before. And I, like, I have a friend that I'm friends with through like just political stuff I've done. Mm -hmm. And, um, way back in the, like in undergrad and I've seen like her and her girl gang. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, that's cool. So I know it's possible. I, I mean, I, I do have individual female friendships, though. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, like, why does it seem like I can't get like a group of girls, but I can definitely get a group of guys. Like, yeah, I'm the girl in a group of guys, like actually two groups of guys. I'm like the girl. But like, it's, you know, I also realize I have one of those like, um, the not lawyering the like my I, I'm not just I don't just stick to one group of people ever. Like, yeah. I have a wide variety of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if that has something to do with it yeah. too, but yeah. And you're right about the pretty thing um, because I've had conversations with my friends before and, um, you know, I'll just talk about the, the, un, the sorority experience because I just, I want to be open and transparent. I want to be hot. <laughs> hot. Yeah. Oh, Transformation yeah. Church, shout out. Yeah, yeah, I want to be. So um, I noticed in my sorority that people who looked similar, mm-hmm. not even talking about race, mm-hmm. I'm talking about body types. Hey, um, hey. They, <laughs> more body types, they gravitated toward each other. Mm-hmm. People who... Uh, and, you know, I'm not even saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but I'm yeah. just saying that, like, and that also had to do with proximity, um, because, you know, when I was looking at some of my friends um, that I had in the sorority, loved them, but, like, the reality is, like, we didn't really have much in common. We were just friends because, honestly, because our body types were similar. I'm just mm-hmm. completely honest, because our body types were similar, and the other girls didn't want to be friends with us because of our body types, mm-hmm. um, and then... Um, we in proximity like we were just in the same sorority so then um when I went to so uh, so when I was looking at the other girls I had way more in common with the other prettier less chunky girls I had way more in common with them when I would like we would do things like nobody was ever downright like oh my god you are fat and you are going to I don't know I don't know how mean girls are but like no one was like downright like that but like it was obvious like I mean (laughs) they did like a recap video and I think me and one other girl were in there like once and the majority of the video was just like pictures from their experiences things yeah we were like wait but we're in this they just picked they just like snapped adobe (laughs) photoshopped you in right like we were in i think i was like one maybe two pictures from the entire and i was trying to be chill about it my friend was not just like oh this is ridiculous i'm done i was just trying to be like oh yeah like maybe this is an accident and then you know I I came to my senses but like my whole point is when I would like look at other than like obviously I I do think that's a moral flaw um but I think that's also you know not to get super psychology but I also think that like they probably don't even know they're doing that because they've probably been those girls their whole life and then I I have never been that girl so I am more aware of that but that's a whole nother thing um but my whole point is like other than like the whole moral aspect of it like we had more in common 
but we just weren't like nobody was inviting me anywhere like we I wasn't in any of the pictures mm-hmm. um so I think that's I forgot why I'm going on that down that girl trail Talk about girl gangs girl gangs. so like yeah so I'm just kind of wondering like how does like what happened like why doesn't this happen for everybody <sighs> yeah no I think for me this was totally me in 2017 I just got out of college um I graduated May 2017 and found a, a, a great guy to date uh for a few years um after that but just during those early months after college where I was like I come from Philadelphia I made my life there and now I'm back home in Charlotte what do I do um and it was difficult and I think for me I was selectively picking out people that I wanted to be friends with I was um, saying, okay, well, she's pretty cute, which means that other girls will want to be around her, around her. Therefore, I should, you know, join a girl gang with her because it'll be easier when other people, you know, will gravitate towards this attractive person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess to me, girl gangs, there's something, it's kind of like the grass always looks greener. That's it, true. You know, it, it, it's, it's cool to have a posse. It's cool to have, to feel like, when you get together, you've got a party that can mobilize and you're always down for anything. You've got multiple people to have your back. But I really think the biggest thing that we can do is just, if you want a girl gang, definitely unapologetically be yourself. Um, yeah, women, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, you repeatedly said, women, um, we had more in common. Me and those girls had more in common, but they didn't see. That is something that really, really means a lot to women. When you have someone who shares your interests, who can deeply talk about passions, that is what gives people to grab to you like a magnet. And I think when you're unapologetically yourself, you can't even fake this. So it's like, wow, you're really interested in this. And it comes off as networking at first, and then all of a sudden you're opening up about breakups and you're opening up about the hardships you've had to get into your career career field, et cetera. So Girl gangs don't, we, we can't obsess over that. I think everybody right. has girls in different pockets. Um, it's very rare that girl gangs exist. Um, but if they do, even in, in between those girls, even within those girl gangs, someone feels left out. Someone feels that's like they're not true. the prettiest. In big There's, groups, that's uh, for sure a thing. Yeah, girl, girl, I think women are very competitive. I think that's also, to go back even to that last question, why it's easier to make guy friends and guys are not here to compete with you they'll they'll take you know they'll, they, that's a good point they'll take you as you are you know you're generally attractive you can talk about football possibly you know where the touchdown lane is fine you know why not hang out with you you're not going to harm me i don't feel in danger by you or i don't even feel you know pressured by you but women oh wow you're a little too pretty for my taste this is who's coming with me to the bar i like being someone that has a little subtle subtle sub i'm trying to say it subtle ego ego boost you know yeah. having my guy friends around feeling like i'm the only girl you're going to get a little bit of attention i'm not willing to give that up and i know that well as women we can't admit that but i just see this happen so often no i i believe that for sure and i think that i do want to make also a distinction it's not necessarily that i'm like craving like a girl gang like i really really want a girl gang i mean i do yeah. i think my one of my biggest things is i just want us as women to be very encouraging to each other and i think that we do so well together and mm-hmm. like even with like podcasting the jewelry store i think it's just like it's good to support each other and i just want us to be more maybe supportive and to be it seems like sometimes we're not really there for each other and you know I'm not one of those people that's like um you have to for example like just 
I, I don't want to get into politics, but like, you know, you have to vote for this girl because she's a woman. I'm not like that at all. Like, I definitely like, is she qualified? Like, that's my biggest goal. Like, can she do the job? Now, if she could do the job and she's a woman, oh, okay, I kind of like that, you know? But like, if she's, you know, is she qualified? Like, that's the biggest thing. But like, my whole thing is like, I just want us to be better, like, we're women like god made us so special and unique i just i want more unity maybe is what i'm trying to say like no i mean we definitely need to see that in a physical sense we're wearing the same jersey okay yeah yeah. like okay so why are why is there such competition between us why isn't there more hey you know i i see you i hear you i hear your passion i want you to succeed why don't i compliment you today why don't i um invest into this like we're wearing the same jersey. This is what right. I'm supposed to do. And I feel good doing it. I, I think it's just that competition. I, I don't know where it's sourced from, but yeah. yeah, girl, I feel you. I definitely do. Yeah. That competition thing. Yeah, that makes, and that makes a lot of sense though. Mm-hmm. We just, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, just for everyone listening, just to make it, cause I feel like we kind of, this is ending on a sour note in the sense of like, what's the solution is I guess we just make sure we're being the good person like we're being the friend that's inclusive and that you know make sure we're doing our part and then if everybody's doing their part eventually we'll figure it out yeah and 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 again be unapologetically you honestly yeah Um, you are great you are driven people will gravitate towards those things male or female um um, but women i think we are beautifully passionate and so yeah. when you see someone who has a passion like us that isn't trying to shut us down, that isn't trying to stifle it, that is wearing technically the same jersey as us, we're gonna we're gonna lean towards them. And I think girl gains can be started that way. I mean, we're all a big girl game, you know? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so last friendship question. Um oh no, yeah, yes, it is. Last friendship question. They were gonna get to the nitty-gritty. Um, probably what everybody's really listening for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you know if a friend is a good friend or a frenemy? Like, what's the difference between a frenemy and a friend? <laughs> frenemy to me is such a middle school term, and I'm not even trying to like dumb down yeah. the question or anything. It's just no, 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 I get like, you. A frenemy, you know, and I guess to me, frenemy will probably mean just somebody who can take advantage of you um, and who is more so selfish than anything. Yeah. Um, I haven't fully figured this out. You want to go first on this? You want to talk? Um, <laughs> well, I guess maybe I can explain a little bit more. I realized that I had a frenemy um, when I realized, I felt like we were always competing. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to go visit her. Okay. I have to look my best. Like there's no way, like, cause I have wow. friends where like, and honestly with some of my guy friends specifically mm. I'll just like put my hair up and like you know big sweatshirt and you know I'm not the type to wear like pajamas out in public but maybe like my leggings and like maybe throw my glasses yeah. and just head on over like when I lived in walking distance to people mm-hmm. head on over to their apartment or head on over to their dorm like I did not care but there I just I had this friend who ever I don't know why I just felt like we I had to look my best when I saw her. And it was weird because, you know, I'm not trying to, well, I guess I was trying to impress her, like when I think about it. Yeah. And I would, I remember telling my mom about it and she was like, that kind of sounds like a friend of me. Like, are you guys even really friends? And like, I would say like, oh um, yeah, I, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. 
the friend that's like, oh, I'm going to, um, oh yeah, for uh, Christmas, we're going to Hawaii. Oh, for Christmas, I'm actually um, going to buy Hawaii with my dad. Something like that. <laughs> like who always will one up you and like, mm-hmm. um, wow, that's a great example. I totally yeah. get that. So like, how do you, I mean, I guess that's how you determine if that person's a real friend. So I, maybe, okay, maybe this question, should you drop that friend? I think that when you look at what you're bringing to the table, um, so it sounds like in a situation like that with someone who you're like actively competing against, and that's something that kind of laces you guys together. Yeah. I think you have to look at when they bring, you know, something to the table in a bragging manner, what am I bringing to the table? Oh, now, now I'm trying to one up them. Now I'm, now I'm bringing competition to the table. They were just bragging. Now I'm bringing competition to meet them. And if you see something like that occurring, that you're starting to put negative things on the table of your friendship, um, I think you you may have to drop them. Um, but I wouldn't even say drop. I think what's probably best and healthier is to have a conversation about what's really going on here. Hmm. You know, yeah. again, we are on the same team. I do not want to see you go in the gutter. Um, I do not want to see your dreams crumble apart. Um, but I also don't want to feel like I'm running the race, you know, with you in the sense of we're wearing different jerseys. So I think discussing with them, like, hey, I think that there's a hatred between us when the other person succeeds. There's a competition that's unhealthy and that makes me feel like I'm not, if I don't exceed above you, I haven't really done a successful job for myself. I haven't been the best woman I need to be. Um, I think that's just a conversation. I think you drop someone if they're doing toxic behavior as to kind of egg you on and push you to places that aren't best for you, aren't best for your development. And what would an example of toxic behavior be? Hmm. An example of toxic behavior could be someone who, let's say, um, Ooh, that's hard to think of on the spot. Maybe something like goes along the line of, uh, let's say you just you know, broke up with uh, your uh, partner and they are kind of talking about how, you know, they can get whatever guy they want, you know, it doesn't matter, they don't really care, you know, boys are nothing or, you know, it's just, it's really not a big deal and they kind of make you feel like your feelings are, um, aren't valid, valid, that you don't need to take your time and process them. So now you feel like, oh, I've got to go out and do A, B, and C. Oh, I've got to get over him. Like real woman, this is how we act. That is evoking toxic behavior or, or you're pushing you to, to do something toxic that isn't a friend saying, hey, you know, I'm not even going to talk about this date that I had. I'm going to let you know, like, you need to take your time getting over this particular person. Not all of a sudden, you know, I feel like I'm not keeping up with the Joneses with my best friend. And she's not giving me grace to say, hey, this is hard and difficult. Uh, I'm going to let you be. Um, this isn't about me that might be a toxic situation to be in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was good. That was okay, good. good. I'm glad I was on the spot. That was hard. <laughs> no, no, that was good. Cause it's I mean, a good transition into relationships. That's it is. It's a really good transition to relationships because also to like in friendships and relationships, I know, I feel like toxic is a, bur- a buzz word. Ooh, I don't know. I'm having a problem talking. 
toxic is a buzzword, but I'm going to be like, I don't really know what exactly is toxic. Like, I feel like we say that a lot. We just don't really know what it is, but that was a good example. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about that in my book, but toxic, I don't like to call people toxic. I don't want to say that's a toxic person because I feel like if they're in the right situations of heartbreak or rejection, et cetera, we can all be toxic people. Yeah. So I think you, what we do is we, we show toxic behavior, but I don't want to say someone is toxic and throw the. Oh, I like that. that. No, that's good, and that's good because you're right. Everybody can have something. Everyone can wow out. Yeah, for less words to say it, everyone can go a little crazy. Yeah. Okay, so now we're over onto boyfriend girlfriend, um, lovey dovey relationships. Romance, romance, romance. So first we're going to do the questions from Instagram. Um, and the first question, I want to say a thing of two about it first, and then, um, you can answer. So the first question, um, is how do you deal with a family who, how do you deal with some, I'm, well, I know, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. The part I copied it word for word, but I should have like read it out loud before I sent it Girl, it's but, good. and it's I know good. I know this person I know the situation so I'm just gonna yeah. say what I know they mean how do you deal um with a family with um your significant other's family if you know that um they are have racist tendencies mm-hmm. but you know that that's this is the type of person you're attracted to yeah. um so I want to comment really fast first take your time do it so um you know I know this person's situation and hopefully he's listening what I personally think is a you can pick um so I'm reading this book that I want everybody to read Uh, this is a little plug for the book club um that's we're going to start reading it uh chapter one on June 15th it's called the defining decade um if I could grab it really quick I would show the camera but I can't because I think it's downstairs, but it's called the defining decade. And there is a section where it talks about love and um, I haven't read it all, um, but I'll hopefully I'll finish it by June 15th so we can all go over it together. But one of the, I believe it's the title of the chapter, but the whole point of the chapter is um, you can pick your family. So, you know, we always say you can pick who your friend, but you can't pick your family. But when you are striving for the um, voice you use for that person <laughs> <Thanks. Take it back. laughs> but when you're striving for a relationship um sorry when you're striving for marriage um you're going to be a part of that family so you do have the chance to pick that family so you have to decide if that is something that you find important like if you personally um Okay. <laughs> trying to, once again, trying to word everything right. Personally, I, I do find that important after um, a previous relationship I was in and seeing how great I meshed into the family and how loved and cared about it. I was like, okay, I like this. Like now that, you know, I'm in my little box, okay, this is something that I find important. Um, so you, I personally find that important, but if you say that's not important, then you say that's not important and good for you I guess that's your prerogative but you can pick your family um and then the second part of that is said um the person said drawn to that specific ethnicity that specific race um Mm -hmm. so 
once again, I'm speaking personally. This is how I feel. I personally feel weird when people are very specific about they only like just as one race, whether it's their own race or a different race. I find that very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm just talking for myself mm-hmm. in this, and I'm saying it on the podcast because this is a hill I'll die on. I try to only say things <laughs> on the podcast. I'll die on, I love it. <laughs> I only say things in the podcast that are heels that I'll die on. And I think it's a little, I, I can understand, you know, I do understand um, when it comes to when you really get down um, to certain things. Um, I understand why you would want to, um, culture wise, I understand if you would want to keep your culture. I understand that. That I understand because there are a lot of things um, that come when you uh, are, when things are interracial, whether, and I'm not just talking about black and white, like white and Asian, or let me be specific, white and Chinese, or like black and uh, Indian, like there's going to always be something. So I understand if it's too much because just of how the world is, if it's too much, I get that. That's fine. Um, but I will say you can still admit that someone that isn't that specific, that isn't your specific race is attractive. I think that, I mean, if you look good, you look good. Like that's just, I feel like there's no like brainer to that. So I, I do think that like, um, I don't know the way that this was like worded. It says drawn to the ethnic. I think you should just be personally, I think you should just be open to whatever God has for you. Because what God has for you might not be dressed up in a specific ethnicity that you thought that you would be with. Once again, with that being said, if you are taking marriage and a family seriously, you do have to consider um, cultural differences. Because, and I just had this conversation with one of my friends this morning, at the end of the day, different races are different cultures and that's okay there's absolutely nothing wrong with it that's what makes us the greatest country in the world that we're not all just the same we're different and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that just like um the north and the south have a very different culture um i lived in new jersey and i lived in virginia two completely different cultures that's okay that is okay um so yeah i think that i I guess, oh no, I didn't even answer the question. I just commented on the parts. So, um, oh yeah, no, I did, I did. I did say the thing about the family. Yeah, so you can pick your family. Um, it's just a matter of, does that matter to you? Okay, go ahead, Fee. Okay, so I thought this was an awesome question. Um, I think it, the way it was written, um, for me, these are just my mental notes, but I know that you know race refers to physical characteristics and ethnicity refers to culture. Um, so you can be racist against race, um, you can be prejudiced against um, an ethnic group. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think the best advice I can offer um, for this occurrence is this, and this is going to be more of a metaphor, um, something that my experiences in life have kind of showed me. But um, a black man, my father knew, married a white woman. They loved each other dearly. I mean, enormously. I knew them. Um, when Obama won the election in 08, the black husband and his black mother cried watching the inauguration on television. Um, the wife saw Obama as a great uh, presidential candidate, but didn't understand the emotional wave her black family members were experiencing. She found it just a bit dramatic. And, you know, that's understandable. Um, 
The message here though, is that in order to date outside of your race, you need to be more than attracted to that group of people. You, if you're the only person um, and you're going to another family um, or marrying into another family or loving another family outside of your race, you have to revolutionize how you love that race and their ethnicity. You must go beyond understanding that race and, and ethnicity um, by loving the people so that you can respect, empathize, and advocate, not just for the person that you fall in love with, but all that they bring to the table, good, bad, past, present, future, etc. Um, if you learn about love that way, then it won't be a question of how do I deal with family members that are racist, um, but you'll be more of a journey of how can you and your family learn more about um, and love the people who are different from you better? Just the general question rather than that specific race. Um, if you have fallen in love with someone or found someone attractive because of the race, then you have done no better than the people in your family who have hated um, or grown a distaste for someone because of their race. You have to go beyond. You have to learn and love deeply so you can teach and help others um, in your family to love deeply. Loaded. <laughs> Loaded stuff. No, that was good. And I, I really liked that. Um, you know, as someone who has dated outside of my culture. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So, oh, this is actually perfect then for both of us to have experienced this. Um, it is a like so I the person so the I mean so there's two types of people in those type of situations there's the kind that are like going to always talk about it and is going to make a big deal that you guys are not the same race and is going to tell everybody and their grandmother and yeah. they might not necessarily mean it in a negative way but it just feels to me that gets uncomfortable yeah or there's the people who like just don't really talk about it and you kind of try to like avoid it yeah and that was the relationship I was in. We mm. didn't really talk about it and we kind of avoided it. And I didn't necessarily dislike that. Mm -hmm. The times it came up, it was a teensy bit awkward, but like, I don't know. But that's just also my personality. Um, but it is something that will come up because we, I think we did both try to make a point to not necessarily make it a big deal because for example, I was his first black friend in general. Mm -hmm. so you know it like I think it, we were trying not to make it a big deal but because that's just the way we live the world we live in um and he was from a very um rural area mm -hmm. uh these things come up um so I think yeah. that's just something that uh, that it just happens and like if you know me you know I'm not like a big like I don't bring those of you listen. I don't try to bring race into everything. I don't. I'm not yeah. one of those people at all. And this is just a, a crazy time we're living in, um, specifically when we're filming this. Um, I'm praying things have calmed down by the time you guys hear this. But um, it is something that is going to come up whether we want it to or not. There's no way it's not going to come up yeah. because of cultural differences. There's yeah. just going to, there's just differences culturally. Mm -hmm. um and, you know I'll, I'll use perfect example like um I wear a bonnet when I go to sleep so when uh you know we were sleeping over his parents we visited his parents and everything I could tell uh when I came out or something like that like traumas we get, I could tell it was kind of like wait what is happening what is that marshmallow right not in a negative way it's just a cultural yeah, difference and that's okay it's different and like you said, if you're willing to love and embrace and like learn, then it's fine. But if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, 
then you know that's between you and God and maybe don't be with that person I don't know that's just that's my take but I I do want to add this other thing too I am um pro swirl as they say I'm definitely pro swirl um if you do want to date outside your race I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you want to date within your race I don't think there's anything wrong with it I think you should just have an open mind to be with whoever God has for you Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing whoever God has for you and realize that person might not look the way that you were expecting them to look yeah all right no I mean I definitely I I love I'm just capitalizing on what you said I think it's just super important that your family members may have this taste toward your significant other even if they are no this person um her so it it's a guy and her family members don't like him okay gotcha (laughs) but but either way I mean just generally right right I think that whenever you bring someone home you will you may have you may have family members that have a distaste for them even if they are the same race you know that's true too yeah so dealing with family members that don't necessarily aren't going to be um living under the same roof as you and your future husband or future wife um dealing with family members that will not be raising your children um those are conversations that you have to, you know, dive into by yourself. Those are conversations where you drive down to whatever small town in South Carolina and you sit down and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to take the time to have conversations about what you think about my fiance, et cetera. And if we don't even want to go there yet, if that is just too disgusting of a thought for you to think about me with, uh, with dating someone outside, outside of my race or this type of person, let's talk about what leads up to that. What are you fearful of? You know, what, what events have happened in history within your personal life that have caused you to feel this way that when I present someone that you've never met before, you're putting all these assumptions on them and you have all this prejudice toward them. Um, and I'll, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to move to another point. You go. Oh, um, well, I was going to say, and um, another thing is, I think that, um, older generations have a very different view than our generation. And I think older generations have certain views because of things that have happened in their past. And no matter what anyone tells you, we are definitely better off than we were before. Mm -hmm. And I think that our generation is way significantly more open to it Mm -hmm. than um, generations previously. So I think you, when you do meet someone who family is feeling that way about you or if your family is feeling that way about the other person I think you need to take that into consideration I Mm -hmm. do think it is I personally value getting along with your significant other's friend family friends too but family um I do value that so I do think that makes it all easier you know yeah of conjoining the families exactly um, so I do, but I do think that that's something you should, could, she, blah, 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 that's something you should consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll just use the example of, um, I'll, yeah, I'll just use the example of sometimes um, specifically older people are concerned about the perception of kids mm-hmm. or the, um, not necessarily that they will have a problem, but they don't want extra problems for your kids and things like that. And that's something that um we're going to have to take a uh ad break in a second um and that's something that i think is important and should be talked about but um 
that's but I do think that's something like that's not like a blown out like terrible reason like you know this is between saying that and then saying well I think they're going to you know rob you I don't know I don't know but you know like there's a difference between that so like you said having that conversation is so important having conversations I think is something we don't do we Mm -hmm. do a lot of assuming and jumping to conclusions and then we don't get anything done yeah and just my closing point for that listener um, who sent in that question um, again, if you have only fallen in love with someone or found someone attractive because of their race, then you haven't done any better than the people in your family who have, who have hatred or have grown a distaste for that race. You've got a lot to do if you're marrying someone out of your race. And I'm just not talking about the particular white person who has to learn about black issues and all the history that isn't in history books. I mean, this goes with Asian American to white um, interracial relationships. I mean, this is just broad spectrum. You have to take in all of this person. It can't just be surface level. If you're gonna love them and accept them fully and your kids, they, they don't need to just go to daddy to learn about his people, that mommy should be able to talk about daddy and what he represents and what he's an advocate, advocate for and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Okay, so we're going to take a quick ad break. Um, and we'll be right back. Woo. If making known with Mal is truly providing you with valuable content, consider becoming a Patreon. You can become a Patreon for as low as $3 a month. This podcast isn't just for me, it's for us, all of us. Your contribution will help the podcast continue to improve and reach everyone that needs to hear this. Also, consider ordering some really cute merch. We have things from stickers to t-shirts, and they're all available at www.makeitknownwithmal.com. Thank you so much for listening. This concludes part one of the relationships episode. Please listen and stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening to Make It Known with Mal. I hope you enjoyed and learned something new. Make It Known with Mal is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iHeartRadio. So if this was a beneficial episode for you, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. If you take a picture listening, make sure you tag Make It Known with Mal on Instagram, and I'll repost it. I'm currently accepting applications for sponsors. Also, if you're receiving value from this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon for as low as $3 a month. Find out more on my website, www.makeitknownwithmal.com. You can also find merch and a list of all the freebies that are available. Thanks again for listening and have a good rest of your day. Also, ask yourself if the whole world was listening, what would you say? Don't forget to make it known.